inside game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I've Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of informative, instructive, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today is our 139th podcast. It is Bioblast number six, bite-sized taste of notable men. And I must say, this Bioblast ought to be subtitled Urine, Yogurt, Bodily Excretions at 40,000 Feet. What's up with these lunatics? Oh, the male of the species is so embarrassing and so disgusting. Now this, this I agree, is a, is a long subtitle, but it does capture the spirit of the feminist movement whom find many men in general to be such pigs. And if you witnessed behaviors as I'm going to share with you, you too might become an ardent feminist if you aren't already. I mean, one can even understand Hillary Clinton's disdain for all things men, having had to deal with, as she has, the devil with the blue dress on and the crudities of her man, Bill, who did what he could to ruin things for all us men. We are really a basket of deplorables. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. And, and who might blame her? These biographical appetizers, you know, the lives of the famous, the infamous, the rich, the poor, the notorious, the glorious. Maybe even people like you, like me, like us. Though in reality, probably not people like you or me or us. Anyway, we begin with Imagine there's Izzy Stradlin, because there is, the guitarist for Guns N' Roses. He's one very frustrated, very aggravated, very angry man, having lost his patience on a U.S. air flight, annoyed because, of all things, the lavatory was occupied. Already, I am (laughs) reminded of George Orwell, whom Writing Animal Farm spelled out for us quite clearly the concept that all pigs are equal, but some pigs are more equal than others. Izzy confirmed to any doubters of the veracity of George Orwell's claim when he demonstrated in no uncertain terms he was the bigger pig than any of us. Izzy announced to shocked flight attendants and nearby passengers alike. I am not waiting any longer, and then pissed right there into the galley while verbally abusing the all-female cabin crew, who, by all accounts, were disappointed at Izzy's display of his manhood. To quote feminist thinker Jermaine Greer, who might well have had Izzy Stradlin in mind, when she penned the words, the tragedy of machismo is that a man is never quite man enough. Well said, Jermaine. Well said. Izzy Stradlin, what a dick. Anyway, in Phoenix, Izzy was disembarked, as they say, met by the FBI, arrested, whom 
were unimpressed by no November rain. Geffen Records, willing to sell their souls for money, publicly rushed to defend the actions of their client, Izzy Stradlin, citing, of all things, his First Amendment rights that justified, in this perverted sense, it must be said, Stradlin's behavior. Relieving himself in the galley was his way of expressing himself. Who knew? Izzy pled guilty to a small, minor uh, misdemeanor offense equating his manhood and was ordered by the judge to author an apology letter to disappointed and offended members of that all-female U.S. Air crew. I'm telling you, should any of you out there listening ever pull such a stunt, our sentence will greatly exceed the punishment that was meted out, so to speak, to this a-hole rock god, Izzy Stradlin. We move on then um, to the curious case of Peter Buck, of the rock band R.E.M., which, 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 whose case is instructive of something en route from, and airborne from Seattle to London to honor Nelson Mandela, a man about whom I think it is reasonable to argue saved hundreds of thousands of lives, hundreds of thousands of lives, and that of his country itself from utter destruction by keeping the powder keg that was South Africa at the moment of its independence from imploding, literally exploding. That man, that peaceful man, whom would be honored by a Nobel Peace Prize. Peter Buck, flying to honor that man, whom had spent more than two decades imprisoned on Robben Island, somehow, somehow the REM guitarist not only lost his religion, as REM had made so famous in song, on that flight to London, Peter Buck would later claim that he, at least for the moment, he had temporarily lost his mind aboard that fateful British air flight. Peter Buck tossed yogurt at crew members, knocked over a food cart, and then, now we're talking, serious business comes now. Buck struggled to grab hold of a knife. Now, let me tell you, this is a big no-no on any airplane, at any altitude, at any time mid-flight. Drunk guys with knives at 40,000 feet always pose unacceptable, intolerable risks to all on board. And I, for one, I don't really care if Peter Buck had lost his religion, whether he had lost his mind or he lost his shit. A crazed passenger with a knife is a losing proposition on an airplane. He's a liability no matter where it's going. If it's up in the air, it's definitely a problem. And I think it's safe to say that Nelson Mandela even would agree with me. Peter Buck claimed that he figured out. He figured out he was in a British prison only when he awoke from a drunken stupor in a white room. Now that sounds suspiciously to me like a cream air clapped in production. But Anyway, Peter Buck woke up with the doors locked and he had to ask a policeman stationed outside his cell where he was exactly because he was baffled by it all. <laughs> Talk about getting enough REM sleep. Anyway, he later claimed, Buck did, I'm, I, I'm the only person that doesn't know what happened. As far as I was concerned, when I woke up in jail, I went to sleep on the airplane, and I don't know where I am. And 
Why doesn't the door open? I mean, this is what Peter Buck claimed. The British air crew in first class, they might have suggested to Mr. Buck that he was passing the buck, given Peter had consumed three full bottles of wine and then saw fit to ingest a few sleeping pills mid-flight. Buck claimed you know, he had no recollection of tearing into little pieces the yellow notice the captain of that British air flight had had given him. And by the way, the captain was not named, you know, like Jack Sparrow or he didn't look like Keith Richards. But he had provided Buck that official notice that if he did not immediately desist from further disturbances on board the aircraft, he'd be subject to arrest uh, upon landing at London Heathrow. And guess what? Buck was arrested upon landing at Heathrow. Later in court in London, Peter Buck asserted on his own behalf that he had had a cocktail. Well, actually, we know it was three bottles of wine and then had taken some sleeping pills, which had rendered him medically insensate. Now, this is a rarely seen, rarely identified, rarely diagnosed case, you know, victimhood here of the absolutely to be feared non-insate automatism, a state of existence whereby the victim, repeat, victim, is not responsible for his actions because he has no conscious knowledge of the actions that he has taken and the behaviors in question. Oh, my God. You know, he went to trial, and Peter Buck was acquitted of all charges. So I have, I have two comments, which I believe are absolutely in order. Number one, Peter Buck indeed has successfully managed to pass the buck. And number two, I, I just point out, had I consumed three bottles of wine at 40,000 feet in a period of only a few hours, I would have arrived at London Heathrow in a coma and would never have had to rely on Ambien to get a good night's sleep. So despite a, a later jury acquittal that might suggest something to the contrary, I do not recommend we mortals try to duplicate such mid-air stunt as Peter Buck did because we are not rock gods and will not be treated as such. And laws and common decency alone should serve to restrain us. You know, after this miracle legal outcome, who could ever, who could ever blame Peter Buck should he later deny having ever made the claim that he was losing his religion? No, no. I, I will say this. At least Peter Buck apologized for his outrageous behavior. And that's in stark contrast to this situation. Well, I don't, I don't really know what to call this situation, this circumstance, wherein a now former executive of Trust Company of the West, Gerald Finnerman, at the time 58 years of age, and a reported expert on South American death. death. I, I mean, this seems to be a, a seeming impossibility, I might add an expert on South American debt that never gets paid. Anyway, he was drunk as a skunk, but he mutated species and literally went ape shit on a Buenos Aires, New York flight. Already overserved, 
but demanding more alcohol, Mr. Finneran became more frustrated. Think Izzy Stradlin levels of frustration. And then further incensed. Again, think Izzy Stradlin incensed. When denied his request, he then, this Mr. Finneran, he leapt upon a food cart four hours outside New York. And to the absolute horror, total horror, and astonishment of fellow first-class passengers. And I point out, why is this always happening in first class? Anyway, um, in front of the astonished first-class passengers and the crew, he dropped trow and took a dump. He defecated on demand right there on top of the food cart. Oh, my God. The, the male of the species, Mr. Finneran. Oh, my God. All because flight attendants refused to serve him one more cocktail. Well, I'm thinking the real issue is not one more cocktail. I'm thinking the real issue is one less cocktail. How about that? Not please, just one more. Nope, that's not what happened. He was denied Mr. Finneran. And well, he decided, I'm going to show you just who has the meat. After all this, his sentence by a judge two years probation. And we wonder, I mean, we really wonder what happened to the concept of social justice. I mean, just what level of violence, what level of obscenity must we be exposed to that a prison sentence will be warranted these days? Now, I, I think I actually sound like Lenin or Karl Marx. What must be done? What must be done? To paraphrase Michel Foucault, that French philosophical nut from his um, work, Discipline and Punishment, it is, you know, to paraphrase him, it's, it's, it's certainly, um, it's the certainty of being punished and not the horrifying spectacle of public punishment that must discourage crime. In other words, this shit has just got to stop. Hmm, I think... Foucault got that right. In this country, we must ask ourselves, what do we have to do before we go to prison? Oh, my God. So, anyway, we're going to get back, you know, as the Beatles might have said, and did say, we're going to get back to Eddie Van Halen with all his demons and all his talents in our next bio blast. In the meantime, hey, thanks for listening, and if you're flying anytime soon, be careful. Be careful out there. Bye-bye. As I get older Picture grows clear Too many whiskeys Women and beer Nights have proved trouble but mornings are worse Nothing I've done Has ever quenched my thirst I'm all alone Just in my room The curtains are closed Overcome by the dawn Times like these I just have Admit. I made nothing of myself 
Not one little bit So come on sweet ladies Walks over my way I'm a new man Starting today I'm a new 